Hello students, a quick heads up on today's episode. We were plagued with tech issues during this recording. So one, if you hear some hissing from the mics in like the first 10 minutes, I promise you it goes away and was a cable issue. I'll get fixed before our next recording. Uh, and also I called out on the show, but I had a massive head cold during this one. So if I sound funkier and possibly loopier than usual, it's the rhinitis and Dayquil talking. But the good news is as always, this episode of Class Effects is brought to you by our patrons who keep the danger room lights on in the sentinels away patrons like michael olson blaze dc jess storm blaze hayes johnny boy 5919 and jordan winnie to support this really weird show about our favorite mutants visit us at patreon.com slash class of x hello students and welcome to class of x the free internet course on how to read and enjoy the x-men comics better i'm your teacher and host john reisinger and today I'm joined by Twitch celebrity and king of controversial takes, it's BlizzBear, and today we're talking about Cinegrace's 2017 solo title, Iceman, issues one through five. Hello, Blizz. Hi. I'm super excited to be here. <laughs> I'm very, very excited to have you on here. You were definitely somebody I earmarked early on that I was like, Blizz seems like someone who'd be fun to talk about X-Men with. John, um, I've been waiting. I've been waiting to be on this podcast. <laughs> I kept seeing you invite everyone else, and I was like, my day will come. My time will come. There is there is something that I don't believe about any of my friends getting upset that I'm not inviting them to this X-Men podcast I have, because deep down in me, I'm still like, you're forcing every single person to do this, John. They're doing this out of the kindness of their hearts, but you are not the first person who has been like, hurt that i haven't uh, invited them yet um but i'm gonna get to everybody because there's so much x-men to talk about and this felt like a good time to jump in for this one um to talk about Iceman because one uh we are days out right now once this releases um actually no when this releases it still won't be pride um because it's gonna actually come out this weekend i'm a little bit behind on recordings um but it's pride coming up good time to talk about uh homo superior and Iceman. yeah um and also as you can tell from the sound of my voice i have a cold which just makes sense for us to talk about Iceman. if i have a cold <laughs> it's well timed out but enough about that i want to hear about you blizz i want to hear about what is your background with comics and specifically where did you jump into x-men first in any format whatsoever just want to know a little bit about you um, yeah, so I know nothing about comics whatsoever. Just kidding. Uh, so my dad is a big comic head, and he oh. kind of grew up uh, reading comics. So I know a lot about the Blade series. Uh, nice. Blade is one of his favorite. Like, wouldn't say he is antihero. He's an antihero. Anti yeah, yeah antihero. Um, but he also has like a lot of uh, She-Hulk um, comics as well. Black Panther what comics did... and a bunch of X Men comics. So that's why I'm like, I kind of wanted to be on it because I know X Men. I used to read it, <laughs> and then all the games he used to wow. buy me was X Men Legends. Um, what was the Wii game that I really loved? The Avengers game that I'm forgetting for some reason. Like Marvel superheroes? Is it that one? The one that was on Wii? Like the top down third person one? Yeah, yeah. I think it's called that, but I I, I could be wrong. Um. Well, color me a little jealous. You had a very different upbringing than I did uh, with a dad who liked comics. 
Yeah, no, my dad is like a, the biggest nerd. He was a military guy, but like he was the biggest nerd and loved cartoons. So a lot of the times we would spend Saturdays either reading comics or uh, watching Samurai Jack, which <laughs> I love that show so much. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a classic. Um, so I'm curious with you saying you've read x-men like w- what era did you jump into where was your dad like did he have like old like 70s comics or did you just read like 90s stuff what was the what was the flavor so he had old 70 comics um and then a couple of it probably was a couple of 90s stuff i was six at the time so i don't really know much gotcha. uh, but it was a lot of older older comics that have kind of been ran through so you can't sell them and he still has them today honestly that's that's nice. That's but, nice. Now, it's a, so, so you, we're we're kind of jumping forward a little bit uh, and jumping into Iceman's story in 2017. But it sounds like you've read some of his like really old stuff. Mm-hmm. Hey, was Iceman in any of the the titles that you read when you were younger? Not that I remember. The first time I got introduced to Iceman was probably either through a video game through the PS2 uh, X Men Legends or. It was from the X-Men movie. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah, a lot of people, their introduction was the movie and Iceman being such a titular character, especially in uh, the first two movies. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And and uh, I know he connected with a lot of the uh, the queer community with the kind of subtext that was there in his portrayal in X-Men 2. I know you've made reference to that before. Oh, when he he blows on a, I think it's a Dr. Pepper. I used to say Coke, but I rewatched it and he blows on a Coke while staring. <laughs> no, he blows on and, a Dr. Pepper while staring at Wolverine's eyes. And and that's definitely, you know, it's not prior to any subtext of Iceman's queerness, but it is very much early on before anybody could canonize it and confirm it. Yeah. Um so why did you want to talk about Iceman? Because you picked, you, I said, you know, what do you want to read? And you were like, let's do Iceman. So was it because of like that he is one of the the starring queer characters from the, the roster or is there another connection? Um, I honestly did it as a meme because of the movie. I had no idea he was gay, John. Nice. I had oh, no idea. so fun. So fun. Well, I am so excited then to talk to you about the history of Iceman's gayness because it is, it's actually quite interesting because it really does tell the story of Iceman's gayness tells the story of uh, gay characters in Marvel comics uh, throughout its history because like Iceman is a character from 1963 and has been around for 60 years. Um, But it wasn't until 2017 you know, five years ago that they were finally able to say he was gay. So Iceman's gayness is this is written in the history of Marvel Comics um, because he wasn't a, like it wasn't like Stan Lee who created him, like originally wanted him to be a gay character. Yeah. But it definitely was something that creators later on wrote into his kind of subtext. But because of certain people that worked at Marvel, you couldn't say he was gay. In fact, during the 80s, there was an editor named Jim Shooter, and he specifically said, you can't say any Marvel characters are gay. He had a, he had a, a, a specific rule that we couldn't do that. And I, I, it's unclear up to exactly like what was prompting that rule, whether it was like 
because of personal, you know, disagreements with, you know, queer living, or if it was just a business practice, because as you can see right now, people have issues when they uh, ally with queer people. And so a lot of companies have historically tried to play it safe, but Iceman couldn't be gay. No one could be gay. In fact, there's a, like the first gay X-Men is this Canadian X-Men named North Star. Oh, North and, Star. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know him and he was, he was like by his creator written to be gay, but it wasn't until much later that they were like able to slip it in there finally and actually like, you know, say it for sure. Oh, they were gatekeeping gay. Hmm. They were gatekeeping gay. Yes. They were totally doing that. Um, so I'm, I'm uh, from, from your standpoint, seeing as how like, when's the last time you read an X-Men comic? Like how long ago? Honestly, I want to say it was probably it's probably been like 10 years. I'm 27 okay. now, so maybe like so, 10, 10, 12 years. So then uh, how much of this because we're, we're reading like a it's a side story. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a it's a solo title. These are often ways that they they think um, one. Is there a character who could carry sales a little bit on their own? You know, other than like Wolverine, who's been the only x-men who's had like an ongoing solo series for decades um and then it's also an opportunity to like flesh out some more of their story and and either go into their origins or go into something deep about what that character might be going through so granted this is a side story and there wasn't like a ton of referential information in the, the comic how hard was it for you to read these five issues and follow along um i would say on a scale of like one to ten in terms of 10 being like the most readable thing, I would give it like an 8.5. Yeah, it's pretty accessible, yeah? Yeah, it is. There's like a couple questions that I had um, that we can talk about later, but like it started right off the bat very easy to read. It's just the first issue got me. As long as you know that Iceman just came out of the closet, other than that, you, you can kind of like pick up from there and recognize some characters as they introduce them. Yes. Um but there there like there is some like helpful referential backstory for what was going on that I'd like to offer up to maybe give a little more context and feel free to like chime in at any point with any questions or or confirmations sound good yeah so uh iceman came out as gay and he refers to there's a little younger version of him running around did you pick up on that okay yes and that's where I was confused. That's where I'm, that's why I'm giving it, I'm marking it down 1.5 because I was like, where did Little Iceman come from? Yeah. So um, to go back to where that originated, there was a point in the X-Men history uh, that Cyclops and Wolverine were kind of running the X-Men, but there was an event called X-Men Schism where Wolverine and Cyclops had, they finally had it out. They, they were good getting along well with each other but cyclops was getting too extremist even for wolverine which is saying something and he was militarizing the mutants and everything like that uh in a to a degree that wolverine really felt was not uh best for all of the young students specifically he was militarizing the young ones for their safety but wolverine was like we need to get back to the whole like school mentality so they had this whole schism and they split sides so cyclops is with some of his more extremist mutants um, kind of like running a little bit of a, a pseudo military situation. Um, and then Wolverine goes back to where the mansion is in, in uh, 
New York and creates the school again. Um, while Cyclops continues to get even more and more extremist and militaristic, Beast, who is the king of bad decisions, just not a good, not a not a smart man. Even though he's a smart, I thought he was like the smartest X Men. Okay, he's like he's like intelligently smart, but like morally, he is ambiguous at best. Um, like he he's he's definitely done a lot of good for the X Men, but there, he's got a shady you know record of making bad decisions. And so this is the instance where he made one of the biggest worst decisions possible, where he used a time machine. Comics they have time machines, and he he goes back in time and grabs the original five X Men when they were like you know first starting the school, literally like days after they had all formed their team. So Cyclops and Beast and Iceman and Marvel Girl and Angel. And he brings them to the present because he thinks that if he shows Cyclops how far he has fallen and how far he has changed from the original ideals, it will snap him out of it. Now, you can imagine how that went. But you're like messing up time. You think? Yeah. I think it's the first thing I would think of immediately being like, I don't want to mess up the timeline. Here's what makes it worse. They it doesn't go the way Beast plans. So they're like, well, this didn't work. Let's send them back. They can't. They're stuck in the present. So these little juvenile 14, 15, 16 year old X-Men are stuck here. And they're coming to terms with like, you know, what's going on in the present day of X-Men, which is a lot. For instance, one of them is dead. At that point, Jean Grey was dead in the comics. And, oh. And the school that Wolverine refounded uh, on the same campus of where Professor X's original school was, he named after her. So she gets there and she's like, why is the school named after me? Oh, no. Does she, like, freak kinda, out? Does she, have... she, she freaks out. And what happens, and Jean's very important to how Iceman came out of the closet, was when Marvel Girl was originally introduced in 1963, she had telekinesis, which is the ability to manipulate matter with your brain. You move objects and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Her telepathy wasn't later developed until kind of, like, a bit down the line. They kind of alluded to that in the uh, original movies where even Famke Jansen's portrayal, she's like, I have telekinesis and telepathy, but it's nowhere near like Professor X's. Um, But what happens is when she comes to the present and learns all these things about her past self, she realizes that she wasn't like an Omega level mutant with telepathy on, on a crazy level. And so it kind of unlocks her telepathy in her. And instead of having years of training and uh, restraint and, and you know, all that kind of stuff, she's she's thrown for a loop and so she's just reading everybody's mind like she wants answers she's she's not here to like play nice she got ripped from the past she died sometime between now and then and so she's kind of using her telepathy in a way that normal gene normally doesn't yeah she uses it on Iceman, and she pulls him aside and it's little gene gray talking to little Iceman, and she kind of like tries to give him an opportunity to to say it but then he doesn't he doesn't like fess up to it like Iceman hasn't for so many years and so Jean Grey is the one who tells Iceman you're gay so she tells <laughs> little Iceman which is kind of like uh, you know a little bit of like hey don't do that to your friends yeah don't do that to your friends but also like the way she's going at living life I could understand if she randomly just wanted to become a villain because 
I don't know. It, it, it just kind of feels like, you know, everyone kind of lied to her or there's information it, she doesn't know and it's going to, it's causing trauma. So, yes, I, I, the, the great, uh, like, like duality of female telepaths on the X-Men is that you've got Jean Grey who has somehow found restraint and compassion. Um, but then you've got someone like Emma Frost, who's also a telepath and a yeah. woman. And she's like, no, I'm I'm using my telepathy to aid myself, to to better my cause, to further my advancement, that kind of thing. And I don't know how Jean even managed to do it because if I can't imagine if any woman had telepathy and can read what was going on in everybody's mind, especially men. I don't know how you don't become a villain. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. And then also you mentioned earlier about like the Jean telling gene living kind of a new life because it is kind of referenced in the issue five where uh iceman goes like yeah my friend gene has been like turning over a new leaf or something like that and it, it's given me confidence or it's like it inspired me to i mean want to live if my best you life. yeah if you got pulled into the future you blizz and you got pulled into the year 2040 and you found out you died somewhere between then you're going to live a little differently knowing that there is a bad expiration date or things went wrong. You're going to do things differently. You're going to try to yeah. change what was going on. And then, you know, as she got stuck there, then it's like, well, we're stuck here. We might as well live our best lives. And Iceman kind of has that same uh, bit, like a young Iceman has that same response to her where he's like, you're right. I'm gay. I've never come out. I've never been honest about that. I'm a young kid. And he's looking at his old self. He's looking at his closeted old self, who is actually at this point very unhappy, uh, a little aggressive, um, not dealing with his life well. And little Iceman goes, I'm not doing that either. I'm going <laughs> to live my best gay life now, and I'm going to go start dating boys. But that becomes a problem when your older self is not out of the closet and no one knows that Bobby Drake is gay. So they have to fix that. Can you imagine how that went down? Yeah, not really. I can't imagine how that went down, honestly. I've never been in that situation where a younger me uh, came out <laughs> before I did. It, he confronts him about it and Iceman, old Iceman, is like a little frustrated and he's mostly frustrated at Gene because he's like, because to him, he's like, like erroneously, he's like, I've been keeping this under wraps for so long. And then young Gene comes to the present and outs me uh, after all these years. And he kind of like, he fights it a little bit, but then he really breaks down and he talks about how like, it was hard enough being a mutant. He already had one element of being the other, of being persecuted, of being outside. And he thought that if he just put everything he had into being that into being the best x-men he could suppress this other part of his other otherness that was also going to put him on the outs yeah um, there's there's just been this connection of like mutants and queerness that i think i i started picking up on like i want to say issue four and i was like oh these are going hand in hand oh you feel like you're on the outskirts of just being a mutant and then also being queer makes you even further on the outskirts oh no bobby you're going through it yeah, I mean, uh, there it, it's it's there's like pe there's people in the queer community and and you know uh, other minority groups that when you are a like 
double minority or a triple minority in certain ways, it has compounding effects. And so while Bobby, you know, when he's not in ice form is one of the most like, uh, you know, presenting normal looking like white boy, pretty boy people, you know, he's not like a night crawler or a beast. He can, he can pull off being just a cute white boy out in New York um, he had at least one thing against him, which was, you know, his mutantdom, and so he suppressed the other part of it for years upon years. Yeah, that was actually a comment that I didn't think I would I would see in the comics. It's the uh to quote, pretty white kid problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it it's it, well and and I'm 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 surprised but not surprised that this was kind of revelatory to you to like compare the X-Men to the queer experience yeah. because it's definitely been a you know the X-Men have always been a metaphor of the minority group a metaphor of the other and there was a point and I've talked about it on the podcast before we should really do an episode on it there was a point in the 90s where an X-Men villain released a virus into the world that only attacked mutants. It was called the legacy virus. Can you think of another virus that predominantly only attacked a certain oh. minority group? Oh, X-Men is more than I thought it would be. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was a big deal for any time, any character. You know, as as it is in the queer community, it's a big deal when, like, anybody gets validated in in like media as being a queer person, queer representation and that kind of thing. Cause we're just, we're starved for it. It's, it's still not the norm, you know, it's still, uh, often an offhand thing. It was like, you know, like in Avengers, it was like, Oh, we finally had our first gay character in Avengers. It was like the director who's not gay playing just a dude in a therapy scene. With oh Captain yeah. America. And it was like, that's not, the representation we're looking for you know same goes for like disney like it's our first gay character in a live action movie it's like lefou doesn't even say he's gay in the entire movie and so you just kind of like slipped it into there yeah um it's like so we're grasping for straws because we don't have nothing or we don't have yeah. anything it's like oh we'll take anything at this point well and then on the other side of it you've got plenty of instances like what's going on right now with target where allyship gets so much backlash that these companies which are let's be honest soulless corporate entities that aren't actually allying with us and are yeah. you know uh, uh, donating money to like both sides of the aisle just to play both sides but still it's like it's it's showing that like if you are an ally with the queer community there can be and often will be negative repercussions to you and that's part of allyship um it, it was it's it's something that Marvel has dealt with kind of going in and out on multiple occasions like Jim Shooter is a good example of someone who was who was vehement about it and then things got laxed a little bit after him but then again in the early aughts uh, editors like Joe Casada were kind of you know backtracking a little bit and saying like we're you know doing that thing we're like yeah there are queer characters in the Marvel Universe we're just not going to call them that you know we don't we just don't want to put a label on them you know oh. which i don't know how that makes you feel it makes I, me feel terrible i want to be i want to see myself as a mutant i feel like that'd be fun well and iceman was you know if we're going to just play into how this uh story was written and have a ton of like bad puns he was the icebreaker uh for opening up a lot of more queerness in the x-men because frankly old x-men fans like me 
I'm ancient and I've been reading this these comics for three decades that you know I've been there's plenty of people who have been looking at these characters beyond even Iceman and going that's not a straight person <laughs> I know a straight person that's not a straight person like um there's there's you know we see that queer coding subtext you know we, yeah. we it, it's like uh, I've always said like I remember watching I now now I came out of the closet quite late in life um when i was like you know, 30 and, and so you have a little bit uh of a, of a younger uh outing experience than i do but even when i was young and i didn't know i was queer i remember watching things like the uh, the villains in disney movies which were often queer coded and looking yeah. at them and being like i don't think jafar wants to date jasmine i don't i don't think he likes her i don't know what he likes but i don't think he likes that i think he just like um, wanted to be her i don't know that's that's just a, that's just that's for another podcast but yeah i mean so right i started i like knew something was up with my sexuality around like the age of 16 and then like officially came out uh like 22 but i was watching a shit or sorry i was watching a crap ton of gay stuff <laughs> crap ton of gay stuff in the meantime like what i'm curious um so Netflix at the time had the LGBTQ plus section. Uh, Did they? Yeah, I think so. And if I would watch like all the gay movies on there, but then I would go to like search history and I'd make sure I delete them so no one knew I was oh, watching it. Oh yeah. Um, so I would watch a lot of just really good movies from there, and then I would read a lot of. I was a Tumblr kid. Everyone on Tumblr oh, yeah. was was gay. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. I got to I got to get my fix from reading fanfics there and like seeing art of boys kissing or something like that and i'm like <laughs> ooh, and then i realized something was up around like i don't know 18 ish and then hit it for four years not well <laughs> i'm sure i wasn't hiding it very well either uh, <laughs> case in point when i told my mom i was bisexual she was like i know are you gonna ask me about my day now and I, that, <laughs> it says my mom and I have a very close relationship. So that was her way of like, you know, kind of uh, cutting the tension a little bit. But like, I think my mom knew little John who was running around the house doing certain things and liked certain things so much and acted certain ways and was a little bit more effeminate than I'm sure maybe some people really wanted me to, especially growing up in the church. I'm sure she was just like crossing her fingers when, you know, because my parents were, uh, a lot more conservative than they are now they're quite liberal now at this point and much more accepting and progressive but when they were when i was younger they were probably crossing their fingers like it's it could be a phase it could be a phase he he'll he'll find his like butchness you know when he hits puberty and all that kind of stuff so you read issue five yes and that that is the the issue that you know ultimately he finally tells his parents he's gay and they have the finally like that confrontation of it all was your experience similar to iceman's or different it was honestly, John, what I wrote in my notes, I go, <clears throat> LOL, 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 trauma, triggering. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> it was too relatable. And I was wow. like, it was relatable, but from a like different standpoint. Like if you switch the mom and the dad. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. My mom was a little bit more accepting and like. It took, honestly, the turnaround was very quick, but it took like about three months for them to process. And then they came back basically being like, hey, we want to start a new relationship with you. And also, does your partner want to go get dinner with us? Aww. And I was like, okay, this is cute. But like in the beginning, it was hell on earth. I feel like was hell is it, okay to say. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> was it Was it just like a, a 
a like a bundle of like awkwardness or were they upset um because that's like both written into this of like the his parents are obviously like they're awkward about it and upset about it all but like they don't fully shun him as their child yeah. they're just like they're trying to mourn in the moment the loss of a version of Iceman that they had in their head this whole time which i know is common so it was exactly that i was going to say you kind of hit the point but you're not saying the exact point it's exactly that point it was i somehow killed the future or the perspective of how my parents saw me or how my parents saw my future. And now they had to grieve the death of their son, apparently, um, and realize that we still have a son and he still has a future and like he's happy and we should be there with his happiness. Because if not, I mean, it is what it is. But yeah, it was that moment where I was like, damn, I really relate to Bobby in this moment of <laughs> the, like, my parents never said, like, you're dead to me. But the sure. way they kind of acted was a very, we're grieving the death of our son when I was still alive. And I was like, that's awkward. I'm still here. Okay. Yeah, because it, it's, there can be, like, a response, kind of like how Iceman's parents, which they've, they've the, the history of Iceman's parents is, as you could read into it, like, a difficult relationship at best, where they, it, similar, which is why they wrote into them being that way in, like, the second X-Men movie, where Iceman's parents were the parents who were, like, oh, do you have to be a mutant, you know, do you have to d display it? Do you have to like run around? Yeah. Because and when you say it like that, that's where I'm just like, yeah, is this like queerness? Is this like what's going on here? It's <laughs> this is sounding way too familiar, and I've heard this before. Well, for them, you know, they looked at their the way that Bobby acted when he was younger and he was part of the X Men was that he was granted like I talked about like when his powers are off, he's he's very human presenting, but when he's doing it, like he was this little snowman wearing go go boots you know, running around and being very like Iceman. And when he turned, when he learned to use his powers even more in a way that he was able to like take on that ice form, you know, it's very flashy. It's very out there. It's very pride, you know? Um, and they were always like, they were always this conservative, uh, his dad's Catholic and they, they raised their house Catholic. And so it's definitely like this Irish Catholic, you know, uh, conservatism that was part of their characters. In fact, Iceman has a long history of girlfriends, which is not uncommon with queer people who have not come to terms with it yet. Um, I was fully married for almost a decade before I came out of the closet um, and was like just playing it straight the whole time, never, you know, never talking about being queer or bi or anything like that. And Bobby had a lot of girlfriends, which is we, we get to run around with one of his girlfriends in the second issue, um, Kitty Pride, who's Shadowcat. Um, and she was his most recent girlfriend, but he had a lot of girlfriends. And one of them was this girl named, it was a human named Opal, Opal Tanaka. And so she was this Asian American, you know, character. And the first time Bobby brings her over to his parents' house, um, they're like full on racist about it. It's like uncomfortable and bad. Um, and so Bobby has always tried to involve his parents in his life and has tried to make them proud. And part of his progression of going from a little snowball covered little boy to now this Omega level powerful mutant, which he portrays multiple times in this little mini series is, uh, it goes along with like he was suppressing himself 
mutant-wise while he was also suppressing himself queerness-wise um, and not being the best version of himself all across the board. Previously on X-Men. I will keep the announcements brief this episode because I talk so much at the top. Our next episode looks to be with my good friend Barbara Dunkelman of Ruby fame. And we're going to read the 2003 solo title, Emma Frost, and learn where my favorite white queen came from. And because I got almost murdered by a head cold from hell, there is unfortunately no extra credit this week, but I promise to make it up to you soon. Until then, you can, as always, listen to a bunch of extra X-Men content on our Patreon at patreon.com slash class of X. Everything is available to all of our paying patrons. Final bit of housekeeping. We are 18 episodes into the show and we have a cozy group here enjoying this absurdity that is my hyperfixation. And I would personally love to hear your thoughts and feedback on what you'd like about the show and maybe even what you would like to see added or changed. You can leave a comment on Patreon or find us on social media and share your thoughts there at class of X pod everywhere including Tumblr even. I know. And now, back to listening to me with a stuffy nose talk about how gay Iceman is. Enjoy! Well, the issue that happens right after issue five is Bobby going on his first date. Um, Oh, I didn't know that. Spoilers! Well, it happens pretty early (laughs) on where he he finally gets a match uh, on the app and gets to meet up with a boy. Um, and it's great, um, it, 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 which is, for me, someone who, like, again, been reading these since I was seven, it's it's wild to read the comics now and actually see this much openness and queerness. Because in, in current X-Men right now, in 2023, in this modern era that they've been doing since about 2019 when they did a soft reboot, um, all the X-Men are, like, bisexual like every single yeah. one of them um and it's like it's they're open about it they're they, they're 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 canonical about it like uh, uh uh psylocke finally has a girlfriend which so many of us for years have been like that woman's a lesbian we i know a lesbian. oh yeah that's, that's a lesbian oh yeah psylocke is 100 <laughs> percent um and and it, it's 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 it was this this 2017 you know solo title uh is a great culmination of all of that of Iceman's story because there was actually even a time in it was like the early 90s where they actually almost outed him but they weren't allowed to this writer named Scott Liddell um, who's a little problematic so we're not going to praise him entirely but um, you, I've, I've referenced Emma Frost are you aware of who that character is when I say Emma Frost oh yeah she's a baddie she's like she's a baddie but also a baddie yeah 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 you nailed it that is exactly yeah. the way to describe she's like, Emma Frost did she, did she, she came from like riches, did she? Was she yeah, like rich? well, yes, yes. Um, or she would she swindle al- businessmen or something like both, that. Both, Yeah. Uh, she comes from rich daddy who uh, never accepted her and, uh, or was like mean to her. And so she was like, I'm not taking rich daddy's money. I'm going to make my own money. And so she's a self-made woman. Um, uh, I'm trying to get barbara to read emma's origin story with me because it's a great story that would be good (laughs) Um, and uh and actually emma also has a queer brother christian christian frost um who uh was like sent to like uh conversion therapy by his father and like put into like an uh, uh like an insane asylum and that kind of stuff and now 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 he's living his best life and actually him and uh iceman uh dated for actually a little bit uh but 
Emma, back in the day, she got put into like this coma. And while she was in this coma, her psychic brain um, took over Bobby's body, which was also in like this weird vegetative state where his powers were going wonky. While, while she was controlling his body, she did things with his powers that Bobby had never done before. She used them in like much more fantastical and powerful ways than he ever had, which showed the potential of Bobby. Yeah. And it wasn't until a little bit later after Bobby had gone through some battles where he had been really wounded while in his ice form and like had like his chest like blown out like a big old crag of his chest was gone um and he was stuck in his ice form because he didn't know what was going to happen when he turns into human you know worst thing could happen is he turns back into human and he's missing all of his organic you know chest bits which are often the important parts of a body i don't know if you know that no i as a biochemist i wouldn't know (laughs) i was waiting for you to drop that (laughs) um and so in this issue, if you read it, uh, I'll have to send it to you because um, you, could, you could check it out in Marvel Unlimited. It is saturated with subtext of Emma going, there is something you are not admitting to, Bobby Drake, that is holding you back. And until you come to terms with that, you will not be able to reach your full potential. And she spends the whole, like she has innuendo after innuendo of making these references. Like she even like talks about like, cause he breaks into her office and covers it with ice and she makes some sort of like interior decorating comment, which is so like, you know, a, a queer subtext of like Bobby, but because it was still in the era where they couldn't be like, you know, really out about it. There's no point in the issue where she just flat out says like, Bobby, you're gay. If you if you just say you're gay, you'll be your full self. Um, and so it's like it's it's been there for forever. And he he finally like comes to terms with it and turns back into his human form, and he's fine. Um, but now he's in his own title. He gets to be a little bit out. And I love that they start this uh, this comic with him making a dating profile. Yeah. Um, I don't know how your dating experience went when you first came out, but I was so scared of dating men when I came out of the closet. I like the apps, the profiles, grinder, it was so it was too much. I don't know what your experience was like. You you seem like you might be a little more comfortable with yourself, so maybe it wasn't as bad. Yeah, I um I've done it all, I would say. Is honestly the best way of describing it. Uh, I did all dating profiles. It was not fun and messy, and I'm. I found out I was a lot better meeting people organically than online. Oh, okay. So, like, I met my partner in college. So, that oh, was, was he? Just, he was he was on campus. Yeah, he was on campus. He was a um a junior when I was a freshman, and we became best friends first before like dating. Nice. So it happened just organically. I didn't need the need for uh, apps or anything like that. But I've had experiences with apps like Grinder and Tinder and. It was before Bumble time, so it yeah, didn't Bumble. But I yeah. I like that in the writing. This they definitely wrote in that Bobby is bad at this. He oh, doesn't know yeah. how to do it because it it validated me because I'm like I needed that validation because I was bad at it because the only experience I'd had prior was dating women, and I am not a very uh, aggressive person. Um, I'm not a very I'm not like comfortable with my sexuality very much like across the board. I'm, I'm awkward about it. And when uh, you jump into the, the men dating men pool, it's a bit more aggressive and a bit more. It it's, it's not so like, let's like start a conversation because women have to like, 
vet you out to see if you're going to murder them. Yeah. And Grinder's like, you're 500 feet away. <laughs> and even then, though, you now have to vet if this person is going to murder you. So you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. And, and all the while, the men are being even more hyper aggressive with those apps. And so I love that Bobby, like, he tries to, like, do, like, you know, pick up lines and humor and his old jokes and all of them are falling flat. It's so good. Cause it's, it's like, that's a real experience. That is my experience and I'm seeing it on the page and I appreciate that. Yeah. I think I started realizing how punny uh, Bobby was when he had his interaction with, is it Draken or Daken? Uh, Daken. 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 Which I had no idea about uh, who this individual was, so I had to do my own research, and I found oh. I found out a lot of things, and I was like, "Oh, okay." I also hate his blades. I, I hate them so Why much. Why do you hate them? Why do you I, hate them? It's the it's the almost X twenty three, but then there's one that comes out like the Assassin's Creed knife, and that's just <laughs> messy does. to me. I don't like that one. That that's the only <laughs> blade I have a problem with. So I'm like, this is just so messy. It's too funny. I love that. It's just his little his little wrist blade. You're like, no, that's yeah. No, I'm like, that's just too much. But the interaction between the two, I actually wrote, this is so gay. Yes. The now, entire you, time. You say you did some research on Dokken. What, uh, what would tell me what you researched? I'm curious. What you, like, give, me, um, give me a synopsis of Dokken. I didn't know. I didn't know where he came from. I didn't know who his parents were. So I found out who his parents were. Um, and I was like, okay, this does make sense. Now it's a Wolverine-esque thing. Yeah. Um, and then I typed in, my search history says, is he gay? Because I wanted to know. <laughs> because the only reason I say that is because this man has Riz. Him and Bobby together, it was wild. It was, yeah. uh, the chemistry there was wild. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. I have another note saying, are they flirting or no? Yeah. It's, 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 that is all intentional. Uh, Dokken is the son of Wolverine. Um, and he had, he has like a sad story of like Wolverine never knew he had the son and, and Dokken was like raised to be a bad guy. So that's why he's kind of like a bit villainy and, and yeah. edgy in his issue where he kind of steals that new mutant. Um, but he is like, like, I, I this isn't like like an actual term, but I would describe him as like a hyper bisexual. Yeah, um, it's it's giving hyper bisexual. <laughs> and they they originally created him with a little bit of a problematic power, and they've they've toned it down since then, which is good. I think these these changes like this are good. The power was the pheromones, right? Yeah. Okay. They, they wrote into him that he could control people with his pheromones, and everyone felt like that was a little too non consenty. Yeah. Um, and so now it's it's turned into like he can he can like kind of uh, nudge he can nudge you with pheromones, but it has to be something you're already like feeling. And so, but he definitely his entire history he's used his sexuality, his as you put it, his riz, uh, <laughs> you know, to his advantage to be you know the villain that he is. Um, but yeah, it's I, I I was reading that issue and I was like, Dokken wants to wants to bone Iceman and but he doesn't know how to go about it because they're like kind of on opposing sides and like in a different world they would totally be like going on a date and having a good time later oh, on. Yeah. I feel like I honestly perfect partner for Iceman. I know nothing about him other than the history that I looked up and I was like, yeah, this would be perfect. <laughs> Bobby, there you go. Oh well I mean it can be it can be like 
helpful, which you'll, if you'll read the next issue, you'll see the kind of person that Bobby goes out with. But it it can be helpful, uh, I find, with new gays, uh, baby gays, is if someone who is like understanding but a little bit more aggressive helps them along. Because like you, it's with some people like, you know, with Bobby, who's like totally awkward with this and doesn't know how to go about it. Like someone kind of pulling that out of him is a little beneficial. And I love that they were like, they were like, Dawkins can do that. He's 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 going to be the one who's like, let's come into the bedroom and I'll show you how this works. That kind of thing. Yeah, it's he. It's Riz. That is Riz. He he's got it definitely for sure. Um, and then also I didn't know he had regenerative uh, powers either too. So like when he got sliced with that. Oh yeah, were you like, is he dying? Is his like, death? Is did Iceman just do a murder? But it makes sense because when his entire body got frozen during the dance, I was like, oh, is he like dead? You just killed a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that, if you like, I don't know much about uh, uh, biology, but I would assume if you freeze someone's blood, all of it, they'll die. That's, yeah, that's, that's the opposite of circulation. Which threw me off that that entire situation happened after the issue of Iceman being like, "I want you to know, I have shown so much mercy, and I have, I do not like kill, basically." Yeah. Um, and then I'm like, "Wait, you just did that to this guy?" Uh, well, that's that's the thing is that like. He shows off a bit in this comic. He has some big moments of like really cool power display, Iceman. But um, Iceman is like on a godlike level when he lets go. Yeah. Um, He has control over thermo energy on a nuclear level where he's able to do insane things. And, And not to say that it's not insane for someone to be able to turn their body into vapor and then reconstitute themselves into their normal self because that's like that's a level of like immortality and consciousness that normal humans don't experience it can't experience yeah um but yeah he at all times because of like his jokey nature iceman's like sort of like holding back like he even like calls it out where like in that uh warehouse where the new mutants power is kind of sending their powers a little wonky and they can't control it and he calls out he's like if i use my powers i will murder these people i i am always one step away from just killing somebody if i don't control these powers um but uh was was there any other like odd moments in this that you were like i don't understand what is going on here or who they're talking about or who this person is um not really i have i've honestly took more notes on the shady moments than anything else share share Um, with me some of those notes yeah so in issue three before he's about to go knock on his parents door he's texting everyone like hey by the way i'm gay um johnny storm says flame on literally and i'm like (laughs) That is so shady. <laughs> and then, then Spidey goes, or Spidey comments on Iceman's uh, fashion sense, being like, mm, I don't know about that one, because you're fat. What do you say? Oh, huh. You think your fashion sense would tingle a little harder. And I'm like, oh, Too God. Funny. I, I, the, you know, uh, Iceman has had a close relationship with those guys. He, the, that's uh, even kind of a reference to the old cartoon, Spider-Man and his amazing friends, which was, Spider-Man, Human Torch, Iceman, and Firestar, um, who, for all intents and purposes, I think Firestar was just put in there because otherwise it would have been just three homosexuals uh, (laughs) having fun in a cartoon that was meant for kids in, like, the 80s. Um, And so, yeah, it's a little bit referential. But, yeah, I mean, that's, like, 
I love that because those two guys, Spider-Man and Fire and Johnny and, and uh, Human Torch, are known for their banter and their uh, sarcasm. And so I think that's a great way of them going, we accept you and we're still going to treat you the way we've always treated you. Yeah, I thought like when I came out to my friends, they were very like this too. So I was like, there's relatability here where they're like, oh, are you sure? Because you dressed not, not well. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, it's a stereotype. Also, that's hurtful because I thought I was dressing pretty okay. I know it's like hurtful on like two levels. Like they're, <laughs> they're they're touching on a stereotype, but also like calling you out as an individual and saying like, so you're like also conflicted. Like you don't want to feed into the stereotype, but you also don't want to be like, I don't dress that bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. Um, that was just one of the shady moments. And then the I talked about it before. Um, the pretty white kid problems, uh, which I thought was so funny. Which you said it's Dorkin, Darkin. Dokken. Dokken. When Dokken is like uh, pinned against the wall with a uh, snowflake, I guess, in his torso, um, Bobby just starts talking about his issues and he just goes, pretty white boy problems. Okay. I'm dying. This is what you're concerned about. (laughs) Yeah. Because like the difference between them two is that like Dokken was like ripped from his mother who died, um, never knew his his father. Um, he's, he's, a uh, he's, uh, you know, he's Asian American. Yeah. His mom was Japanese. Um, and actually not even Asian American, Asian Canadian. Cause Wolverine's Canadian. Oh yeah. True. Adobe. True. Um, and, uh, but then like lived a life of being raised by this just horrendous man named Romulus. Um, whereas Bobby is like, has had, you know, the comfortable, uh, a suburban upbringing of like two parents that while they like you know obviously never fully accepted him they never d- went full like get out of my house they never went yeah. full like you're dead to me you know they even go through the little bit of that in the dinner scene in issue three where like bobby wants to talk about what he's been doing and and you know his work with the x-men and his crazy adventures and they're like oh god we see it in the news all the time do we have to talk about it right now which is like it's mean but it's it's they're not like fully shunning him with like the like it all turned all the way up to 10 that was also very relatable for the first month of like after i came up to my parents they were like we see it in the news all the time about like queerness and stuff and it was like yeah, it was it was June. What did you expect, first and foremost? Um, but then, like, <laughs> I'm like, mom, it, it's not the everything. Month. I was like, it's the month, but also, mom, not everything I talk about is like queerness. It just so happened that I am queer while talking about it. So you're yeah. assuming, and I'm like, that's not. But also, this is a new part of my life, so like, I would love to it, share it with you. So yeah, and that's something that Bobby's parents don't pick up on at, at at any point when he is sharing any of these things with them whether he's sharing with them his mutantum whether he's sharing with them like you know his girlfriend at the time whether he's sharing with them his queerness he doesn't they don't they never pick up that like this is exciting to him this is important to him and all he wants from them is just to validate him to talk about it with him yeah. um he even goes so far after like the opal tanaka thing goes badly he his next time he visits his parents he takes rogue with him and she plays as his girlfriend um which is funny considering like the subtext of like bobby keeps like he basically exclusively dates uh, inaccessible women yeah. um uh, you know which is like 
telling that he's gay this whole time and so he, he takes rogue who literally can't touch him like he can't like he like this is a woman that literally can't touch him and he's like you can come play my girlfriend that's safe um and takes her with him and even then like rogue when she's there she also picks up she's like um your parents are a bunch of bigots like do you know this um and he's just like yeah i kind of do um, yeah that's that's kind of how i felt like um when finding out i didn't know kitty and bobby dated um so yeah. i was like oh okay cool but kind of the relationship between kitty and bobby is kind of the relationship between me and my best friend who i dated in like high school but like we're still like we're still best friends to this day because both of us realized that we were both queer so it just kind of worked out like that you were just you were just two batteries butting up against each other yeah opposite attraction yeah and we were like oh okay that's why this doesn't work this makes sense um well that's why i liked uh i loved kitty's response where she calls out like her analytical brain always likes tries to figure out what is the the cause of problems. You know, she's a leader, she's a strategist. And when their relationship like ultimately failed miserably, she kind of like internalized a little bit of that. But then when she found out he's gay, she was like, Oh, that's why. And I'm sure a ton of Bobby's girlfriends upon finding out were like, Oh, I get it. Yeah. Like that. That makes sense. But I didn't... I was a, a little confused, I guess. Um, who's Golden Boy? <laughs> golden Balls. Who's Golden Balls? <laughs> golden Balls is this... <laughs> I'm so glad that you wrote that down. I almost forgot about him. I, and I Not forget about him. I almost forgot that he was mentioned in this. Uh, Kitty says, I found out from Golden Balls. Yeah. Um, so Kitty has been... Uh, when the skit, when the the the, the all new X Men, the 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 time traveling X Men got stuck here, she took them to Cyclops, um, and so she's been hanging out with Cyclops and that kind of stuff. And with Cyclops is a bunch of new mutants as well that they were finding um, and recruiting. And one of them was this unfortunate chap who got the code name Golden Balls, and he has a a good end to his story. But when he was first introduced, he was one of those mutants that has a quite unfortunate mutant power not everybody gets to have beautiful white wings that spread out of your back or the ability to shape shift into any human you can think of golden balls produced from his body these hard gold balls that he could project from himself shoot out uh you know manifest in his in his hands and that kind of thing with very little functionality (laughs) written into them um i encourage anybody listening to this including you blizz to go look him up and see him because he's he's just this like cherubian soft-faced boy who's just trying to keep up with all these other new mutants who have like crazy cool powers like he's he's you know another recruit with him has like time control powers which is just insanely cool the happy ending of golden balls i have to share with you blizz is that currently right now in the x-men a big thing that they introduced when they established themselves, they're living on this island, this living island now, and they created their own nation on this island called Krakoa. And so they're all living their best queer lives on the island nation of Krakoa. Well, with that, they introduced that the X-Men no longer fear death because now they can resurrect each other. It's kind of a, it's kind of a writer's way of like addressing the fact that the X-Men constantly die in the comics and always are brought back some way. And so clearly, you know, kind of like even in the shows, 
you know, Loki's died like three times, you know, in, yeah. in the MCU. It's like, if death really doesn't have that much of a consequence, then why should it be the stakes for the story anymore? Remove it and introduce new, introduce, new, new uh, interesting stakes. But the way that they resurrect each other is through this process where they, um, they call it uh, mutant circuits, where it's multiple mutants, more than one, use their powers in tandem to come up with a result that is different from the, the individuals. And there is a mutant circuit called the five. And among the five is Golden Balls. And they wrote, they kind of like retconned his powers because I don't think Brian Michael Bendis, who wrote him, who created him, intended for him to have these abilities. I don't know. I have to look it up. But they retconned him where his golden balls were not just these random hard, you know, gold balls. They were actually eggs. Oh. They were actually uh, like embryos. And so uh, with him in conjunction with other mutants who have like. Uh, you know, time control powers and uh, reality warping powers. All the X-Men, when they die now, are resurrected and they pop out of these little golden eggs oh. that, that Golden Balls makes. Um, so I I, I, I don't want to, like, tell people about Golden Balls without telling them this, that the happy ending of Golden Balls. Like, he's now, like, one of the most important mutants in the X-Men world now. And I think that's great. Okay, that's nice. Okay. I had no idea who that was. And I was like, oh, Kitty found out from him. Okay. <laughs> Which, like, at the time, he was not doing... He was he had not reached that level of celebrity. So it's a little bit of a knock. That's why she brings it up. Yeah. That, like, this silly little young mutant who shoots golden balls out of himself uh, to- was one who told her Bobby's gay. Um, which uh, I love that uh, the ending of issue four is almost a full splash page of just bobby's face with just a one bubble of him telling his parents i'm gay uh it very much uh it was like overly dramatic but i get what they were trying to do with it yeah i i get what they were doing um i'm trying to think if i have any other like wild moments oh i knew zach i knew zach was going to be immediately join the dark side (laughs) his his power was like too much and i was like oh you amplify people's powers what if you learn to like not amplify and actually lessen people's powers? And I was like, yeah, you would be a great villain immediately. I called it. Yeah. I called it immediately being like, yeah, he's not. And he also seemed like a, um, a content creator too, like one of those pranksters. <laughs> and so I called like immediately called it when they said like, Oh, check social media. And I was like, yep. Mm-hmm, I've seen this before. See this, yeah, this person. I, I've known kids like that. I've I've avoided kids like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is too too much too much relatability or too much that I've seen before where I'm like, oh, this guy's gonna be a villain. Another character they inter- they not introduced, but they included in this was in issue five, um, that I have to believe was intentional was Juggernaut. Now, Juggernaut has not yet been can- canonized as being queer but he i think the creator who who wrote this uh uh um uh grace uh wrote it in because juggernaut has always been flagged by the queer community as a little as as a, as a big old homosexual because he was one of those guys where it's like it was him and his buddy best friend black tom cassidy who were always together and were always a partner together. And it's like, it was like, it's definitely that like, oh yeah, they're roommates and they, uh, they have a dog together and, 
a wonderful collection of scarves, but they're just roommates. You know, it's like that yeah. kind of thing. And and so I really feel like Sino, while you know Juggernaut has like they people have written in like Juggernaut having you know relationships with with um, women uh, almost exclusively. Um, in fact, you brought up She Hulk. He had a little fling with She Hulk at one point. Um, they destroyed a, a, a house with their sexual encounters. Um, <laughs> I I feel like Sino had to put him in because uh, it's like. Uh, what's a good villain to put in here that is like also queer coded and not out yet? It's like, oh, juggernaut, that works. That's a good see. One. I thought I thought randomly he was Republican because he just said fake news. I don't know why, but my That's mind was funny. like, my mind was like, oh, I guess Iceman's going against the Republican or something. I I didn't understand why he was in it at first. Now that I think about it, because I was like, this is just so random for juggernaut to be here. I think but, it was like you know, it made sense to give like Bobby a moment to go and hit something that he could hit as hard as possible, which is juggernaut. Yeah. Um, I always and, relate juggernaut to Kitty pride because of the movie. Yeah. Where he goes, I'm juggernaut B. And it's like, uh, that's iconic line. <laughs> it's so unfortunate. It's so unfortunate because juggernaut is actually a really fun and complex character who has gone through eras of, of, you know, white hatting and, 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 and you know dealing with his issues and right now he's living on Krakoa and he's actually like he's like he's going to therapy and he's helping the kids on the island and everything like that he's like he's also living his best life and it's so unfortunate that his only portrayal in those dumb movies was <laughs> that one movie X-Men 3 and everyone just knows like the bad you know that they 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 cast a a, a British guy with a like a cockney accent who is just like has that line that everyone just quotes, and I'm like, he's so much cooler than that. Please don't, please don't. I like him. He's not yeah, that cringy. He seems cool. He seemed cool. He, I, I have to do a little bit more on Juggernaut for this podcast to give people a better idea because he's also like the the guy who's got like parent issues and and you know was raised badly and so because he's he's the half brother of professor x which i don't know if a lot of people oh know i didn't know that yeah he um he they share a father i think um and uh professor xavier charles was the academic successful uh you know uh east coast elitist and Kane was the one, Kane Marco is Juggernaut's name. Kane was the one who got the belt and was the troublemaker and got in trouble at school and was the disappointment. Um, and so when Juggernaut in his story finally came across the, I, they reference it actually in the issue where Iceman's like, unfortunately the, the uh, crimson uh, uh, ruby of Sidorak, um, that, that he, his powers are actually like, demonically based he gets his powers from like a demon from another dimension he's not a mutant um and when he got those that's when he like is like oh i i'm gonna take it out on my dumb brother and you can see like the 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 dichotomy of like the uh disabled psychic versus the unstoppable physical force yeah um yeah any any other notes from your uh reading that we didn't go over um i'm curious to hear your just overall take of these five issues since it's, this is like you jumping back into comics after like 10 years 
it's all it's all just trauma 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 no i love the art on the covers i think literally for kevin wada love him another queer yeah literally for issue two it's like iceman and kitty on the on the, on it but like i love that icicle I stabbing kitty and i'm like wait what i didn't notice it until i was doing a little bit of my prep beforehand that he's stabbing her with an icicle and she's stabbing him with a katana blade yeah i was like I lo- this is kind of sick it's 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 very like a movie poster like kill bill-esque um oh the, another shady part that i forgot to talk about is when bobby's dad uh made a reference to iceman wearing a skin tight romper and then i said that was a hate crime <laughs> that just was a hate crime I, I i don't know how else to describe it but that's all i saw I, it as i mean the way that iceman's uh, costume has often been portrayed and in fact like he's wearing actually more clothes than usual in this one yeah where for the majority of his career he was wearing a speedo uh and that was his costume because he would turn into Iceman, Iceman, and so that was also like the queer coding just there in the, uh, all the time where it's like Iceman constantly was shirtless was showing bare chest in these comics he was he was giving us you know what the the readers wanted the whole time yeah and and yeah, his dad was probably like all the while was like, put clothes on. You know, they even called out. They're like, if you want to be a hero, be a firefighter. You know, don't yeah. be this guy running around in skin tight stuff and being flashy. Yeah, it was it was very uh, I, I just saw it as a hate crime and I did laugh. I did laugh because <laughs> I don't think it was supposed to be that funny. And I was like, oh, my God, dad, chill. Um, how did you, how did you feel about the like the very like last like bit with him and his dad? How did you read that? Because it's a little complicated. Yeah, it was a little complicated. Um I did enjoy the moment where he was like, I still love you, obviously. Um, and that like your mom is upset. But it was like a I don't know, it was it was a little awkward still, but I think yeah. it's what Iceman needed in that moment, so it's fine. It felt like a like a real ending, because it's not always like, you know, all the rainbows and, and hugs at the yeah. end of these stories. Like there's actually later on, there's a story where uh his dad actually like defends uh his son in front of like these like the the purifiers actually who attack them early on but there's like his dad definitely has like problems understanding and coping with these things but he accepts him and he's like no one else gets to treat my son poorly um he's still my son um yeah you know i might still like you know this might be a lot for me but he's still someone who i will defend and matters to me and i'm like okay i like that yeah, I I thought it was I thought it was a very cute ending, um, and then also the part where he was like, "Did you do this?" and it was snowing, and he's like, "That's not really how my powers work." And it's like <laughs> you need to understand your son a little bit more, so yeah. maybe this is an opportunity that or opportunity for you to start understanding his powers or learning start more about him. A- ask questions. Yeah, start asking questions and learning. So I thought it was which cute. is part of, was cute. which is part of the queer experience as well. Yeah. Uh, there's actually a fun uh, moment for that with uh, Cyclops and his father once as well, who also was an estranged person. His father uh, was like lost in space for forever and didn't get uh, reunited with him until he was like an adult. And they got like a, they were off like stranded camping somewhere, him and his dad. And his dad like was like, uh, hey, could you start the fire with like your laser beams? And his and Cyclops uh, is like, that's not how my eye beams work. They're kinetic based. They're a force. They're not heat. Um, and I, and it's like, it's very like similar of like, Oh, is it, could, could you do this? It's like, that's not how this works. Yeah. yeah you not. don't know how this works. Um, <laughs> I thought it was nice though. It's good. Um, so 
you've already said you enjoyed yourself and you're going to read more. And I yeah. think that's the best review I could get from making somebody jump in with these things. Um, so before we close it out there, I have a little game that I like okay. to play um, with uh, my cat, my, my guests that we started a couple episodes ago, which is because obviously I'm this crazy X-Men fan who is, it's sort of excited about them being introduced in the MCU eventually. I'm hoping to all the gods that, that it will be done well because I've not been super happy with how the MCU has been going lately. Um, but we could play a little fan casting. So I wanted to challenge you. If you were to take any of these X-Men, could be somebody in one of the stories we were reading, Iceman himself if you want, what's a fan casting that you would like to do if they were to put someone like that into the movies, which I'm actually very curious to hear from you because I often find I have a hard time thinking of like young new actors who would be good for this, but I feel like you're plugged into that uh, generation of media a little bit better than I am. So maybe you have a good call for like an Iceman or a Kitty Pride or uh, a Dokken or something like that. I literally have forgotten every, <laughs> every actor actress that has ever you- existed. I put you on the spot and you're like, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm but, just like, um, Tom Cruise. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Tom Cruise in this. You know who I think would be. I don't know. I think this would be kind of fun. I would love to see. We talked about Emma Frost for a little bit, so I'm going to count that as okay. one. Yeah. I want to see Sydney Sweeney as Emma Frost. I 100% think that woman needs to be in the MCU and needs to be an X Men. I have thought that. And I think Emma is a great call. I think she would be really great as, yeah. I think I, I agree. Now looking, I just Google the picture. I agree. I think Emma would, or I think uh, Sydney would be great as Emma. I would love to put Jenna Ortega in like anything, but she'd be a good uh, Kitty Pride. I think I. That's what I was thinking too. Maybe Kitty, because Kitty's like this. This she's introduced as a young girl in the comics, and she's like got that young girl mentality. But like her story, like the reason why she's got a katana stuck in Iceman in that cover is like she became a ninja. She's like Wolverine's protege, um, and she's like an assassin who like can literally move through the walls and that kind of thing, you know. Um, so she's she's supposed to be like hard and 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 a, you know a, a leader. And I think I think Jenna's got that uh, that energy. Yeah, and then lastly, I would put Scarlett Johansson as any role because she could play um, any person ever. You, you want you want ScarJo to come back to the MCU as an X Men? Yeah, that would be quite the take she for could, someone to come back to the MCU with a different character. She could play. Um, I keep saying Dorkin, Dakin. You want you want to to gender bend Dakin and have yeah. Scarlett Johansson? She's played she's played uh, she's played Asian before. So oh god oh god please. <laughs> I oh just she's god. problematic. No, I wouldn't put Scarlett Johansson as as. Oh, you led as, me right. Into that. <laughs> I led you right into it. I was just walking with you. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I would. I don't know who I would cast as Bobby though, because I feel like there's just so many anyone. I don't want to say anyone, but like find a pretty white boy. Just, and, uh, how are we gonna find a pretty white boy in Hollywood, Blizz? What? I don't know. Uh, Ross Lynch. Ross Lynch is good, maybe for Bobby. Who is that? Do you not know Ross Lynch? No. He played like um, he was on Disney. He's like a, a musical artist. Okay, um, I'm about to look him up. He played either who played Ted Bundy? Was it Zac Efron? What? In, oh, in oh, the documentary? Oh, 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 the the killer. Um, 
One played Zac Efron. The well, other there's been one. Multi- there's been multiple men. Uh, there's been a few. There's been too many uh, Bundy shows. Um, not Bundy, uh, but those those killers. Anyways, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look this guy up. Wait, Ross. I just I just get I'm just kidding. Um, it's uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. He played Jeffrey Dahmer. Dahmer. But oh, Ross Lynch. Ross Lynch. Oh, he was Dahmer. My friend Dahmer. Yeah, that's a pretty little white boy. That's yeah, he a, could. I feel like he could do Bobby. There, like, I didn't even go into the image section of Google, and I see a picture of him with his shirt off. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that could be. I like that. That's a good. That's a good one. Um. Well, thank you. Thank you for playing the game with me, and thank you for finally coming to my show after me begging you for so long. Yeah, definitely. It was you begging and not me being like, when when will it be my turn? Do you, uh, it, it was it too much on on the uh, hitting the nail on the head for me to uh, pick like a super gay comic for us to read together, or was it like good timing for like it was? Pride? I think it was good timing for Pride, but also like I genuinely wanted to learn more about Iceman because I I knew I knew there had to be something gay, and I was just <laughs> so happy that I was actually right. Okay, next time we'll uh, we'll do an episode and we'll have to find another like we'll do like North Star. We'll do some like North Star stuff. Yeah, we'll do North we'll read, Star. We'll, we'll read North Star's wedding. He got married. If you ever like dive into like DC world, hit me up about Constantine and Constantine oh, yeah. uh, sleeping with a shark. Yeah, that's definitely a, that. a, that's a good bisexual, John Constantine. <laughs> Constantine. I like him. Good bisexual and also has had uh, relations with that shark that I completely forget from Birds of Prey. Constantine had relations with a shark. Yeah, what's that shark from uh, Birds of Prey? Am I wrong? Is the Birds of Prey or Suicide Squad? There's a shark it's in Suicide Squad, but have you not had... seen the HBO uh, cartoon where Constantine goes, "Wait, my oh, ex is here." Oh, that's and, part of the the yeah. um, the Harley Quinn animated show. Yeah. Okay, it, so that's not like comics canon. Although maybe it might be. It I'm gonna have to do some be. research. Like that might be like a weird callback. I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, it says um, Constantine. DC reveals Constantine slept with King Shark in Justice League Dark. Uh, apocalypse thing, which is like that's a comic title. Justice League Dark. Wait, no, that was a that was a that was a movie too. I'm gonna have to look it up. Um, but I'm curious about that. Uh, yeah, I'll have you back and we'll we'll talk some more gay stuff. Okay. Okay. Cool. Where uh, <laughs> if, if people loved hearing you talk and want to hear you talk more, where can they go hear you talk more? Oh yeah, I'm on um Instagram and Twitter under Blizzbear uh, with a three instead of an e, and then I'm on Twitch a lot. Uh, uh, under twitch.tv slash blizz i'm also a host for inside gaming john is 100 percent my boss um <laughs> and i also am going to be streaming under twitch.tv slash rooster teeth so come check us out i told people i was going to be everywhere and if they were annoyed with me that they're about to be more annoyed and that's basically what's been happening i'm everywhere can't, you, you can't say you didn't follow through with your threat yeah a man, a man of your word. I'm a man of a man of my word. A, a bear of your word. Um, okay. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you so much, audience, for ch- listening to us talk about this ice boy for so long. I will see you guys next time. Bye.